Welcome to this bonus episode of Movie Interrupted. I'm Luke Ryan, and let's jump straight into part three of the Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. In part three, the escape continues with Obi-Wan and Leia aboard the transport, traveling to parts unknown. The Inquisitors are hot on their trail using all of their resources of the Empire. Vader has now entered the fray, and he is more terrifying than ever. Anakin Skywalker is alive. He's been looking for you for a long time. Previous Star Wars films and animated shows have always tried to fill the gap between timelines. Tell us what happened in between. Obi-Wan is doing something new. Instead of just making the logistics from one era match up with another era, it's making the emotional context of the classic trilogy explicit. In these classic films, we tend to think of Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader, as before and after. We're instructed to think of them as different people. The prequel showed us Anakin before Vader, while the original films showed us Vader after Anakin. In Obi-Wan Kenobi, the dynamic between Anakin and Vader is in flux. Because of this, Darth Vader has never been more scarier than in this series. Watching Anakin become Vader is one thing. Watching Anakin live as Vader, is something else entirely. The moment in part two when Obi-Wan learns of Anakin's survival was so powerful, and in part three we learn why. The emotional stakes are real. Yes, we all know all of these characters will survive to be in a new hope, but this new change poses the question, in what state will they be in when they finally get there? Part 3 gives us the scariest lightsaber fight in all of Star Wars history. Even though the outcome is irrelevant, the all-imposing Darth Vader arrives on the planet ready to hunt Obi-Wan down, and in an instant we see that force recognition. He is watching. Darth Vader takes full advantage, demonstrating his change, his anger and his power by merely killing dragging and tossing villagers all for Obi-Wan to watch in horror. And it works. Obi-Wan flees. Ewan McGregor is bringing this series to life with his emotional performance. There is so much in each look and encounter that tells a bigger story. When Obi-Wan is faced with Vader igniting his red lightsaber, we see the overwhelming fear in Obi-Wan. Not just because of the dramatic change Anakin has gone through, but the significance of the red lightsaber. Obi-Wan knows the pain, the anger, the hate that one must put into a kyber crystal to change it to red. This adds to the fear. You cannot run, Obi-Wan. Vader follows and the lightsaber battle takes place. 
Vader smashes and pummels the weak and frail Obi-Wan, toying with him and finally tossing him into the flames to burn like he did. Now you will suffer, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is able to escape with the help of his new allies, and Vader allows it to happen. Why? Special mention needs to go to Deborah Chow, who directed this episode. She captured the emotional stakes and gave us an insight into Obi-Wan's mind as it grasps to understand everything going on. I particularly enjoyed the twisted camera angle when Obi-Wan believes he's seeing Anakin in the desert. Finally, the callbacks to Carrie Fisher are such a sweet touch. I didn't realise at the time, but her small droid is named after the pet bird Fisher had as a child. It just shows the absolute care the makers of this series have put into our beloved characters. With Star Wars, we often get um, very emotional about what's going on, and there is a sect of fandom that becomes quite toxic when it comes to Star Wars, whether they love and hate it. And in these past three parts of Obi-Wan Kenobi, we've seen the actress Moses Ingram being pulled into that group, racist behavior and toxicity really going her way. And I wanted to take a moment to reflect on that a little bit, and the other actors that have experienced this. I'm going to start with young Anakin Skywalker from The Phantom Menace, the actor by the name of Jake Lloyd. Now, Jake Lloyd was a kid. He was picked out of 3,000 candidates. And you can imagine, he must have been on the top of the moon by joining the Star Wars universe. I mean, George Lucas hasn't made a film for ages, and this was the biggest film of the 90s. Sadly, many fans felt The Phantom Menace didn't live up to their expectations and targeted certain actors within the film. Young Jake's life was turned upside down with constant online bullying, school bullying. It affected him emotionally and psychologically. By the age of 22, he'd quit acting and destroyed all the memorabilia he was given from the prequels. In his 20s, Jake made an income making appearances at sci-fi conventions. Sadly, Jake's life, it's continued with its struggles, including run-ins with the law and a diagnosis of schizophrenia. Agree or disagree with the film, no person deserves that treatment. Unfortunately, the prequels altogether were panned, criticised, and their performances of most of the actors openly mocked. It's upsetting because the actors were only saying the words George Lucas wrote. We now know how bad he is at dialogue. On top of that, the actors were in green and blue screen studios having to interact with tennis balls on poles. Both Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen hadn't acted with an actual stormtrooper till the latest TV series. Sadly, when talking about Star Wars Universe and its many films, its stories, 
these sorts of instances are not an anomaly. I mean, just watching Hayden Christensen doing the media for Obi-Wan Kenobi, you can get a sense of the apprehension he feels with this new project. Yes, he's excited to be back and diving back into this new character, but you can kind of get a sense that in the back of his mind, he's thinking, will this be received well? Will this redeem me in the Star Wars universe? Or have I opened myself up to the online bullying once again? There are so many actors and actresses who have experienced these sorts of toxic criticisms. Uh, From the sequels, we had Kerry Marie Tran, who was bullied off social media for her portrayal of Rose in The Last Jedi. Uh, Armored Best was pushed to attempted suicide for his work portraying Jar Jar Binks. And now Moses Ingram from Obi-Wan Kenobi is dealing with racism and hateful comments. It's disgusting. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. That's what good art does. But love it or hate it, you have no right to attack someone personally. Your best course of action is to change the channel or leave the movie theater. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Movie Interrupted. Obi-Wan Kenobi series is amazing, and I cannot wait to see part four. See you next week.